Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today I am really pleased to have with me on the on the line, Matthew Confer. Matthew is the Vice President of Strategy at Ability, a leadership development company based in Austin, Texas, that provides immersive business simulations to a global client base that includes over 50 members of the Fortune 500. Matthew has spoken on the topic of decision-making at the TEDx conference with a talk entitled Before You Decide, and he hosts the Learn to Lead podcast where he speaks with his guests about their leadership journey and how they are working to develop the leaders of tomorrow. This is going to be an awesome show. Matthew, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So I want to hear about this, uh, about this journey that you have, right? Because basic, uh, you know, leadership development is a very big, is a very big subject. A lot of people are in this industry, but I watched your TED talk and it was very interesting in the way that you sort of paint out, you know, how you can take the decision-making process and basically tilt it 90 degrees so that you can make better decisions going into this. Can you please give us a little bit of a background of who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I came to Ability about three and a half years ago. And my background is a little curvy. It's a little weird. Uh, It's a fortuitous path, but it's definitely not a straight line to, to how I got here. I actually started my career at Deloitte Consulting and in an internal finance role at Deloitte and was it was the perfect place to start your career. Um, And it ended up being a space that I spent about eight years, uh, the first part of really my career journey there. Um, That actual role is what led me to Austin, Texas, which is where I reside now. Um, And I absolutely love living here. And it led me to another company in Austin, which led me to another company in Austin, which through LinkedIn, ironically enough, I found my current role. So in this role, I lead new business development and strategy for our organization. And as you mentioned in the intro, we get to work with some pretty amazing and innovative companies. And I think we have an interesting lens into how leaders at some of the top companies in America and around the world think about decision making. And and that's what led me to uh, the TED stage. And so I'm, I'm really excited to share more with your audience here today. So when you're working with Fortune 500 companies, especially in leadership development, what are you looking for? Or what do they, or more specifically, what do they look for from your 
company in order to level up their skills? If I had to distill what they're looking for from us, I think it's real world practice. I think what we've realized through the power of simulation-based learning is that for the same reason you wouldn't want to get into an airplane and trust a pilot who had never been in a simulator, there's many aspects of corporate America or leadership more broadly in the corporate space where you want people in those decision-making roles to have had an opportunity to actually practice before they get to the real world. Um, One of our simulations is focused on management, You know, the actual act of managing other people, having their career in your hands. And it's a scary proposition to do that if you haven't had the opportunity to practice. And specifically, a simulation or gamification of corporate training allows you that opportunity to practice without potentially, for lack of a better way to describe it, causing harm to real people. Um, There's a sense that the ability to practice without potential real world consequences is something that many trainings miss the mark by not allowing. So that's really interesting. One of the things that I I went through when I got my MBA was we did a couple of market simulations. And actually, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this out loud, but you know, like the first time we did the simulation, our team sucked, right? And what was interesting was that, uh, you know, basically they made us the CEO of a car manufacturer, right? And they gave us, you know, X amount of money. And, you know, each year was a, was, you know, let's call it rolling the dice. And we just put all our money into one product and rolled the dice on it. It didn't even, it didn't even dawn on us. Right. And I think part of that was, you know, the group speak of, you know, the particular, you know, um, pod that I was in, we didn't even think that we could, oh, we can invest in smaller cars and bigger cars and, you know, in minivans and things like that. And let's just say the other companies, just uh, the other pods in that group just trounced us completely, right? The next ones, you know, we got good to it. You know, we started to understand it a little bit more. Can you please uh, elaborate a little bit about what's the difference between a uh, simulation that you're talking about and like basically role-playing? Right. Because it's not just about like, like, okay, I'll be the bad guy here. Right. Uh, You know, there's a lot more detail that goes into these simulations uh, based on the type of client that uh, that you're speaking to. Is that correct? It is. And I guess I would I would distinctly say that there's something really powerful about role playing, but it's very much a one on one or a small group activity. The, The dynamism of simulation training is because, to your example, if you're on a team and the decisions that your team are making are impacting the broader market that the other teams are selling into, it's much more dynamic than just role playing with one individual. You know, if you and I were role playing a difficult conversation, that's great. And and there really is some real world applicability to that. But if we took it out another level and you and I were on a team and there were six other teams and the pricing decisions or the management decisions or the financial decisions that we were making were impacting the market that all of the other teams were selling into, that more accurately reflects the dynamism of the real world that managers and leaders and executives today operate in. So we want to get people into a training environment that for the most part, most closely resembles the world that they operate in. And and that world for leaders of today means cross-functional communication. It means dealing with 
ambiguity. It means understanding the finances, what makes the numbers of a company tick. And it means managing people effectively in virtual, hybrid, and in-person contexts. And, and that's really where we focus our efforts. You know, it's really interesting that you brought that part up because, you know, basically a lot of companies have been have been turned on their heads, you know, trying to make uh, work from home work, trying to make hybrid work, especially in multinational environments. I mean, there are some countries, you know, today that are, you know, that are still on lockdown, still don't go into the office. And in some places, even in, in the United States, you know, it's like, oh, we, all, we only want you to come in once a week, twice a week. And managing through all of those, all of those different dynamic changes that are happening because the situation is changing per locale, sometimes even weekly, right? And that just makes things really, really interesting. I want to segue into your one big tip because I found it really fascinating how you talk about creating a pre-mortem for decision-making as opposed to a post-mortem. I can't tell you the number of times I've sat through post-mortem meetings in order to figure out what we did wrong, how we can do better, things like that. And I, and I have to admit up until, you know, like the time that I was, uh, that I was prepping for this call, I didn't even realize that pre-mortem is like actually a thing. So I'm really glad that you coined the phrase. And if you didn't, I'm still going to give you credit for it. But at the same time, I want to understand what is a pre-mortem and how does it help a company make a decision that is going to positively impact their bottom line. So the impetus for pitching Ted or talking to Ted about giving a talk uh, about decision making was I, I felt as though we've had this incredible opportunity to watch top corporate leaders make decisions. And there's definitely been some things that have been noticeable among the teams and the individuals that are the most successful. And to your point, which I think was perfectly articulated, the amount of teams and individuals who wanted to talk to us about a postmortem was through the roof. Everybody would make a decision in our simulation and then they wanted to dissect it and figure out why something went right or why something went wrong. And, and that is awesome. That is great. That is powerful. But that is also really pervasive in the world, in business and in our personal lives. We, we all are familiar, even if we don't call it a postmortem, with doing something that is basically akin to a postmortem, which is waiting until the event is over and then dissecting what happened and why it happened. What I've seen time and time again is people who are really successful and teams that do very successful under challenging situations embrace a pre-mortem. And that's why it was the second step in my TEDx talk. And I think it's why we connected about the one big tip. A pre-mortem means at the onset. So before you do anything, you need to embrace a pre-mortem, which means you need to assume that what you are thinking about doing is going to fail miserably. And you need to dissect why that would happen. So if you're on the doorstep of making a big decision, and maybe you have two paths that you're considering, my suggestion from the thousands of people we've watched through go through our simulation is take both of those situations and be able to articulate to me or a colleague or yourself even why both of those situations would be unmitigated failure. You need to do the mental exercise of of assuming that what you think is a good decision is not a good decision and figuring out why that is and what could cause it to get derailed. That is a leap. That is a jump that most people intuitively don't make. So if you do it, if you put in that level of rigor, you will be more successful in every decision you make simply because most of us are not doing that. And the best decision makers among us are doing. You know, the visual that comes to mind for me is 
basically this pandemic that we all went through, right? Everyone laid out you know, their best plans. We, um, I know of restaurants that opened, you know, at the beginning of 2020 and they were like, okay, yeah, you know, this is going to be great or, or companies that have launched new products around that time. And it's like, okay, yeah, things are changing. And this is, you know, and these are the new restrictions that were placed on, uh, that were placed on us. How do you feel that the companies that you've worked with have been able to work through these external factors that have drastically affected their business, both in terms of, you know, the people that they employ and the, you know, and how they deliver, you know, their product or their service. How do you think that they, uh, that they have embraced uh, making those kind of changes and plowing through it in order to come out the other side profitable? First and foremost, I would say that I am exceptionally proud of the fact that our team, our, our ability team, but also the clients that we work with put employee safety first and foremost above everything else. So when things started to, to lock down in different parts of the world, and then it ended up happening um, here in the US, which is where we do a, a decent chunk of our business, our clients were on the phone with us asking for us to move from our in-person experience to our virtual experience. And they have continued to embrace virtual training simply because paramount above all else was employee safety. The second thing that was really incredible to me was how quickly people pivoted and adapted to programs that had been planned for six months that had been planned at, you know, gorgeous hotels at offsite retreats that were now being shifted to in-person, but in person at your own home. Um, they did incredible jobs of figuring out ways to make that creatively awesome. Like they knew that this was not what was originally intended. And people, once we got the safety stuff figured out and we moved things to our virtual platform, people's next move was how do we get the learning objectives that we intended still delivered, even though, you know, human, uh, even though nature and our world had thrown us a curveball that nobody could have expected. So I, I was honestly really impressed and, and proud of the people on our team and the people on our clients team who work so fast to adapt to an, an ever changing situation. Thank you so much for that answer. I mean, it, it really is, you know, something that, uh, you know, like you said, first of all, it's unprecedented. How many times have we heard about that? You know, that these are unprecedented times. But also, I think it's a testament to a lot of the a lot of the positive changes that are also happening in our societies today, you know, and also our work environments. You know, before a lot of companies were saying, OK, everyone needs to be in the office. Well, yeah, guess what? That's out the window. Right. And now we have a lot better understanding of productivity from the work from home, from the work from uh, home office uh, hybrid, you know, all of that has given us a really good crash course into how to make better decisions, especially when you're under stress. So that's really cool that, you know, you guys were on the forefront of being able to help identify that. Can you please tell everyone where they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Yeah, so they can find more about our organization ability by just searching ability leadership simulations. The most interesting thing that, that came out of the last couple of years is we've taken what we've done with our corporate clients and actually rolled it out to an open enrollment mini MBA program, um, which is entering its third year this year, featuring the same simulations that we use at, at our clients. And, and that's actually called the Invited MBA. And so if they want to find out more about that, 
um, they can search Invited MBA. And as far as finding me, uh, Matthew Confer on most of the social media platforms, and I'm definitely the most active on LinkedIn and Twitter. And then definitely check out the, the TED Talk. And I love hearing from people about their thoughts and their own personal experiences with that. And you can get that by just searching Before You Decide and my name. Amazing stuff. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I love just talking about, you know, these types of subjects and being able to help people understand, you know, like what they can do to level up in their leadership development. So thank you very much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. 